Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, Morgan Colby and Rick Lemon. What's going on, Fantasy Champs? What's going on? I would like to apologize for my incessant tweeting about baseball in the last 24 to 48 hours. Yeah. Is that so? Yeah. I'm Do you pro- really I'm- want to apologize for that? Not really, because the Yankees lost. Exactly. That's all the I Yankees need. lost. All I need is that was my World Series right there. But anyway, welcome <laughs> to the Champions Fans Football Podcast. My name is Morgan Colby. I got Rick Lemon with me, as always, and we're here to talk about football, more particularly fantasy football. Yes, sir. So, um, it should be an interesting episode. Last one of the week. And then next week, we jump into week six content. What is happening? It, it moves I have so no idea. Fast. I just don't know how to feel. Like, I don't know how to feel anymore. Hopefully, you enjoy I it. know, dude. It's going way too fast. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's, it's kind of gross. A bit. Anyway, so yeah, we got trade targets for week five. Um, coming at you. If you got some guys uh, last week, that's great news. Uh, AJ Brown didn't participate in a game, so if you still want to trade for AJ Brown, feel free. Um, but anyway, uh, before we jump into the, uh, into our trade targets for Week Five, check out our website fantasychampions.com. Follow us on any social media platform: Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook. Just type the FF Champs in the Fantasy Champions, you'll find us. Um, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any other podcast platforms. Uh, please leave a review, share this podcast with your friends. If you're watching on YouTube, click the bell for notifications, subscribe, and then like and comment down below. Uh, I want to know how many of your leagues have, have switched to a Week 17 championship because I'm in a league right now that it didn't switch. I noticed that today, and I was like, why? Huh. Why would you I think most you of them I'm should not have commissioner. switched. I just forgot to switch it. Now i got to ask. Oh. Don't really want to well, ask. Well, you don't have to point. ask, or you could just do it under the table. You just add a week. <laughs> Add a yeah. matchup. I could do that. What league is that? I can't remember. But anyway, let us know if you uh, if you have a week seventeen championship this year, because that's the new week sixteen, I guess. Don't do week eighteen championship. That would be very very stupid. Very very stupid. Yeah, that would be kind of dumb. Uh, anyway, so let's talk about some trade targets for week five. What say you, Ricardo? Yeah, you do that. Um. So let's start off the list with uh, a man who really, I mean, the Patriots' whole team really hasn't been that good um, as a whole, offensively more specifically. But, um, and in PPR leagues, this shouldn't cost a lot realistically, but uh, it's Damian Harris for week five, trade target number one. Um, in the last two weeks, he's had three and four fantasy points against New Orleans and Tampa. I feel like he's, and I don't, you can tell me if I'm wrong, Rick, but there, there's been a couple of different things about Damian Harris that have been a problem. Last week, he played Tampa, so that's a number one. Um, yeah. He played New Orleans the week prior, which I feel like he would have had a decent game had things not gone so south quickly. Um. Mm-hmm. So he only had three points in that game. But in weeks prior, uh, he had 10 points, 100 rushing yards against Miami in week one. And then he had 13 fantasy points against the New York Jets in week two. Uh, he scored a touchdown in that week. Um, so he he does have, like, the majority of the running work. 
They only give him fifty percent snap percentage, but that's the New England Patriots. What can you do? What can you do? Um, but coming off these last two really bad weeks and seeing that he didn't really have in the first two games massive performances, I think the expectations that people had in the draft were that this guy was going to be an RB one, which we knew drafting him in the sixth, seventh round was not going to be the case. It was more likely a, at best a high end RB two running back. Um, I don't know if you disagree with that, Rick. No, I don't disagree. Yeah, that was kind of the idea. So it was just expectations, you know, and that there might be an opportunity that if the Pats offense was good, that you could switch it to, you know, him like, cause the touchdowns really are what separate him. Like if he starts scoring like Rex Burkhead, then yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. he'll, he'll be real good. Uh, any, I don't know if you, any of you remember the Rex Burkhead days in fantasy football with the new England Patriots, where they just gave the, the guy the ball in the red zone 17 times for whatever reason. And it was disgusting. Yeah, it was horrible, and everyone cried. Unless you had him in DFS, and then you won a lot of money. Um, but anyway, <laughs> Houston blows. They're very bad, and this is a this is a get back game or a comeback game for New England, where you know they'll figure themselves out and they'll be able to. I, I don't want to say like because then we'll lose to Houston, but I feel like this is a they game where you, where you can figure out your offense a little bit, um, try some things out, and you know. I feel like they're just going to get the ball going on the ground with Damian Harris. He'll get his 15 to 20 carries, and he'll put up a really good performance against Houston. But he's got Houston, Dallas, and then the Jets again, and then the Chargers, which is you know a relatively easy matchup, or uh, I guess string of matchups. You should have a couple, yeah, we'll decent games here. But yeah, you want to grab them before that happens. Now there is some some tougher matchups down the stretch of the season, but. Um, if you can get them low right now, get some performances out of them and then sell them high, uh, that could be a really good situation. I don't know if I'm overdoing fancy football at that point, but yeah, I would trade for Damien Harris. Yeah, no, I would too. Um, he's got a good upcoming games. It starts this week against Houston. As you said, uh, I do think like it's been a little bit overblown week one. He played great week two. He played good week three. Um, it was a tough one against the Saints. They were losing the whole game, couldn't move the ball down the field. Yeah. Saints' rush defense is pretty good, and they kind of abandoned the run quickly. Like he had six carries, didn't do much with the six carries, but then he was done. Like I don't think he, I think he might have had one carry in the second half, but yeah. they really didn't use him much. You're right. And then against Tampa, obviously he blew, but anyone could have told you that yeah, before the game. I mean, pretty much taking and- apart every running back. Yeah, Tampa's Tampa's rush defense has been phenomenal. So it starts this week against Houston, um, where it's a very easy matchup and he should play well. Dallas has a much improved defense. Um, so that that's not the best matchup, but their rush defense isn't anything crazy. Mm-hmm. So they should he should at least have a decent week. And then he's got the Jets, which should be easy. The Chargers, which isn't bad. So right. and he's got a couple more games. Like Cleveland's not too bad. Tennessee's not bad. Atlanta's not bad. So right. um he overall doesn't have a bad schedule coming up. I would expect Harris to uh to play well enough where he deserves to be on your team. And he probably startable week to week. And right now, yeah, the teams that drafted him are kind of looking at him like he's just a bench player. And I think you can trade yeah. a pretty good bench player to acquire him and slide him into your RB two for the next few weeks. Yeah, I've come to think of it, why don't you target the uh I can't. I already tried. <laughs> one of the one of the guys. What a loser. He needs a running back for a running back. 
Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Why would I be trading for a running back if I already had a running back? <laughs> yeah, that, that seems to be the problem with a lot of fantasy leagues right now. Yeah. Um, I, however, stacked all the running backs early. Yeah, I know. You did. Jerk. I literally left the draft. Being there was like, no reason for you to trade for Josh Jacobs. That was just totally random. Yeah, there was, there was really no reason for that, but whatever. I left the draft and I'm like, I what I have? I had Swift, I had Dalvin Cook, and yeah. and then my next best running back was like Alexander Madison. Any Alexander Didn't you only Madison. have those three running backs? Yeah, I only had three running backs. Yeah, it was, so it was Madison, Alexander Madison, handcuffed. To that Dalvin was Cook. honestly the best way to do it this year, though, because the depth, all of like the not all of them, but a lot of the depth running backs have not been good. Yeah. And um, so I traded for Chase Edmonds and then I got Javante Williams and I got Josh Jacobs. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's been okay. Um, but anyway, let's talk about the number two trade target. Wheeling and dealing. That's what makes fantasy football fun. Any winning championships, even though that, that really makes it. Yeah, winning doesn't matter as long as you make 20 trades. <laughs> you always have DFS if you really want to win money. <laughs> But then you probably yeah. suck at that too. <laughs> probably. <clears throat> anyway, so let's talk about the number two guy, trade target C D Lamb. Um, I don't say this because he's on at least five of my fantasy teams. I say this because right. he's freaking good. Um C D Lamb is is very good. Um Amari Cooper has been dealing with some form of an injury, and this is almost like a buy low trade target right now because last year we were last week we were talking about like swift and that was almost like a buy high kind of deal mm-hmm. um but cd lamb had 23 points to start the season he had 17 points against the los angeles Chargers. this is in ppr um and had a total of i, I want to say 16 uh not 16 20 something targets 24 targets or something like that in the first two weeks not good with quick math um 24 targets yeah. okay good i got it uh, so anyway, and then he went up against Philly and had three targets and went up against Carolina, two very, very tough pass defenses, and had five targets. So he's had eight targets in two games, which is very, very concerning. Um, and what I've noticed about Dallas and some weird, I tweeted this out on Sunday, some weird reality where they just want to target Dalton Schultz and the <laughs> other guy yeah, a baby. million times. And I'm like, Blake what Jowen. are you doing? And see, Cedric Wilson... Hey, Cedric it's working, Wilson, bro. Dalton Schultz. Schultz, and who was the backup tight end for them? Blake Jarwin. Blake Jarwin all had more targets than freaking C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper. I'm like, what are you doing, Dallas? I understand you're winning football games, but you're paying money to these guys to score fantasy, not score fantasy points, but to, to play and get targeted. This, is, this, is how, this sounds like an angry C.D. Lamb owner. Oh, I'm very triggered. Very triggered. Because Dak played because really, they threw four touchdowns. Everything was rolling. They were thrown to the tight ends. They were open. Everything just, was working. CD is ridiculously good, and you know that he's going to yeah. do it if he has the targets. And for whatever reason, no, that's true. But this is well, a good Mark Cooper, look. same thing. I guess you could throw these guys both in the same conversation. Amari Cooper had 16 targets in week one. The last three weeks, he has five, four, and three. So wow, so CD's out doing them. Yeah, which is disgusting. Oh. I mean, this week Cooper did have 69 yards and a touchdown, so he had 14 points, but um, he what, still only had 
three, he did that on three targets. What I'm noticing this year, and maybe the difference is Dallas is winning. Yeah, they're um, running the ball a lot other than week one. They're running the ball a lot other than week one. And I'm, they might be taking it easy on Dak because he did, was dealing with a shoulder problem. Um, and they don't want him to overdo it. And they, if you watch Hard Knocks, they talked about that. So that might be something that's in play. Um, and between Tony Pollard and Zeke, it's been really, really good for them running the ball. So, um, but the passing, like if you look up Dak's passing numbers, he's not throwing like 40 passes a game like he was last year. You know, he's throwing somewhere around like 30 to 35. And so if that continues happening, uh, the target shares to Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb are going to be much more concerning. Now, we all know when the going gets tough, what does uh, their coach Mike McCarthy like to do? Throw the ball. Air it out. Yeah, so they'll get back to that. Um, they have the Giants this week who suck. Uh, New England who sucks. Um, and then they have uh, Minnesota who's been good scoring this year. I don't know if Teddy Bridgewater will be back for the Denver game they have. But as the season goes along, you start seeing a lot more opportunities for them to be able to throw the football um, down the field. So I would say he's a perfect trade target right now because I think that a lot of people are going to be like, well, this is the real CD. This is what we're going to get. And the person who has him on their team is is either in love with him like me mm-hmm. or they're absolutely like pissed off that he sucks and uh, they want to trade him away to somewhere. And yeah. so it's a good oh, buy low opportunity. Hated. Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, he's a good buy. Yeah, he's not going to get the the two points he scored this week might be the lowest he scores all season. I don't think he he's doing that again. Um, and once the team starts throwing the ball more, he's going to do what he did in week one and probably better. Yeah. <laughs> he had he had plays to be left in that game. So um, it's it's really just all about the Cowboys and their offense and what they're doing. Mm. Um, Dak only threw the ball 22 times this past week, and eight of them went to Dalton Schultz. So take that for what it's worth. I don't think that's going to continue. Although Schultz, it feels like, and Jarwin do have roles in this offense. Um, they're not going to put up that high percentage of the targets each week. It's going to be CD Lamb. Mm-hmm. It's going to be Amari Cooper. Um, I would take advantage of those by low windows now while you can. Agreed. Um, Rick, tell us about the next guy. All right. Well, the next guy is someone who you've probably heard of before. And uh, you're kind of wondering where he's been. That's Michael Thomas. He's dead. Michael Thomas um, has not played through the first four weeks. He did, uh, I think, I want to say a week or two. In like week three, he had been removed from the um, like COVID slash reserve list or something like that. I don't know. He was removed off some list, but he was still um, on the IR early season IR or whatever. Either way, the expectation for him was he's going to miss the first few weeks of the season. And he has. And if you've looked at the Saints offense, um, you realize how much they need a Michael Thomas in that offense. Their receivers are not good. They don't have to trade for one. Yeah, luckily, yeah. Their receivers are not good without him. Um, Their tight ends aren't the best. Winston kind of looks like he blows chunks out there, but... Uh, I think it's mostly because he doesn't have anyone to throw to. And I think the moment Michael Thomas comes back is the moment that Winston throws the ball to him 20 times. Uh, If you look at Winston, historically speaking, I know he throws a lot of interceptions, but the other thing he does is target an individual player 
a lot, mm-hmm. um, whether it was Mike Evans or Chris Godwin. Uh, I think if he has Michael Thomas in that offense and he sees his other weapons, he's going to force feed Michael Thomas mm-hmm. to the point where he might even throw an extra pick or two, but it's going to be good for Michael Thomas owners. Um, the moment he comes back, he's going to, I think, start producing good fantasy numbers and he's worth a buy. Yeah, I agree. And to piggyback off what Rick was saying, you look at the after week six, because I think that's the PUP deadline where he's got to come mm-hmm. off or go on IR. Um, and he's definitely going to come off that line. list. He's, he's 100% going to play week seven. Like, I don't have any yeah, no, he will. that. Um, but anyway, it's, it's Washington this week, and then they have a bye week. So technically speaking, you only got to suffer through two more weeks of pain. Um, and then you have Washington, Tampa, Atlanta, Tennessee, all have been porous in terms of giving up fantasy points to the wide receiver position. Philly, Buffalo, tougher matchups. Dallas, great matchup. Jets, great matchup. Tampa, great matchup. Miami, decent matchup. Carolina, tough matchup. So rest of season, Michael Thomas. And Michael Thomas, when he's on, is matchup dependent. He's not matchup dependent. Like, he, he can score fantasy points against anybody. So, I, I feel like you're getting a top 10 wide receiver if you trade for him now. And, I mean, if the person who drafted him has held on to him this long, it might be a little harder to get him off that team. But there also mm. might be frustration involved that they drafted him and he didn't really provide them anything so far this year. And they, you know, maybe they're having a tough year and they need to trade him away for something. Yeah, they got to get rid of him. Yeah. Right, and you can go out and snag that. I, w- I would do it. Um, because if he's playing, is he not a top 10 wide receiver? He most likely is, yeah. Okay, so I would definitely trade for Mike Thomas at this point in the year. I agree, Ricardo. Uh, the other wide receiver, we have three wide receivers on this list, and then a tight end. Can you believe that? Only one running back. Yeah, yeah tight end, only one running back. Uh, so Stefan Diggs, another guy um, who we would buy at this point. He's had a tough start to the season, and when I say tough, I mean that loosely because he's actually been very good um in ppr formats 15 16 12 and 17 to start the season he's caught one touchdown pass you look at last year he had uh two touchdown passes in the first three weeks of the season last year finished with i believe it was 10 9 10 touchdowns something like that um so i'm trying to i'm trying to count eight eight touchdowns um, so he had a really good season. He has been getting a lot of target share, but the fantasy point totals that he produced in the season prior and the expectation of what people expected to get from him are not really like they're it's not like he's not meeting the expectations of what you wanted, but he's mm-hmm. not fully meeting those expectations, which is disappointing. Um, so I love Diggs. I think he's fantastic. He's been getting 10 to 15, 10 to 12, 10 to 13 targets a game, which is absolutely fantastic. Um, I would definitely trade this guy. You might have to give up some collateral. So if you, if you have a running, if you're uh, have a wealthy stream of running backs in your team, this would be a good opportunity to go reach out to that, that owner and say, what do you want for digs? And then hand him a running back because, um, I feel like at this point, like Rick, we were talking before the show, AJ Brown, would you get desperate enough if you knew Javante might be the starter that you would do Javante for AJ Brown? If like Melvin Gordon tore his ACL or something, yeah, I probably would. Yeah. So he's like, he's even, I would have to to know though. He's desperate enough to maybe even take. I would consider him. Yeah. (laughs) So like, but when you talk about people who are in positions right now where they don't have a lot of running backs, 
the value might not be there now. And I think the I think trading wide receivers is really hard right now. Like if you're trading away a wide receiver, a talented one like Stefan Diggs, it's hard because no one's gonna take like Rick has AJ Brown. He has what was the other guy, Justin Jefferson. Like you yeah. could offer those two guys in deals, and people need running back so badly, and and mostly all of our leagues that they're not gonna take them. You know right. what I mean? They're not going to be like, oh, yeah, I'm willing to send that over to you because they know they can get what they need out of the running back wide receiver position currently, and they need their running backs but you know, more than they need their, their you know, wide receivers. So depending on format. But anyway, I would trade for seven digs. Yeah, I mean, but the thing with digs too is like people are looking at him and he's like, oh, he's not having a great year and everything. I mean, if you look at the numbers closer, he's having, he's having a, great a fine season. Like his targets are fine. If you compare him to last year too, this mm-hmm. is what he did last year. The thing with Diggs is he just he was so good because he doesn't have bad weeks. Yeah. His worst weeks last season were seven fantasy points and half PPR. Like those were he never gets like a four point, three point week where he just doesn't show up. Like the last ever since he's been in Buffalo, he consistently will get Excuse decent me. weeks. Mm-hmm. If he had a twenty five point week last year in week two against Miami, mm-hmm. which he hasn't had that game yet. But the games around there. He had 12, 12, 14 and a half, 15.6, 13.6, 7.8, which was his bad game. He still had 11 targets in that game. Mm-hmm. 12.2, 16.3, 20.3. He only had one. He had, he only, in the first two or in the first 10 weeks of the season, first 10 games, he only mm-hmm. had two games over 20. He mm-hmm. just had some big games. And then after the bye week, he had 37 point week, a 24 point week, another 20 point week. And then again, more like 11 and 14 point weeks. So he just, he, the thing with Diggs is he's just consistent. Like he gets you 12 to 15 points and then he'll get an occasional 25 point week. That's what he's doing this year for the most part. I mean, 11, 14, 9.2, which would be considered one of his bad weeks. And then 14.9, he's, he's due for another 25, 30 point week coming up here. And he's got Kansas city, Tennessee, Miami, Jacksonville, the jets, the Colts to do it. I think it's possible. Yeah, 100%. Totally agree. Um, The final guy we're going to talk about is TJ Hawkinson. Um, And Hawk, I mean, hey, you know, I I don't know if you would disagree with this, Rick, but he's 100% a top four tight end. Yeah, probably. With the way George Kittle has been playing, he might even be top three. Well, I mean, maybe. And Maybe. a lot of people are still holding on to the Kittle thing, but like Kittle's been. I know bad. it's he's. I mean, he had eleven targets this past week. He just caught four of them because of Trey Lance. Does that continue? Yeah, maybe it might. I don't know. But anyway, um, yeah, no. Hawk has had a decent season this year. Um, he is the tight end five in fantasy football. He had weeks one and two. He had really good performances. Um, but the big thing that's been consistent for him is is target share. He's had 30 targets in four games, um, averaging about seven or eight targets per game. And the only reason why he's averaging seven targets at this point is because they played Baltimore and they literally couldn't get anything going. I was going to say, what happened in that Baltimore game? I think, I think they just, almost won, too. They did, yeah, that, they should have won. That was the game where D- Justin Tucker hit the uh, yeah. 66-yard field goal to win the game. Was that a low-scoring game? I can't remember. It was. I think it was like seventeen to nineteen or something like that. But they just couldn't get Hawkinson involved, and I think the 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 
the Detroit Lions offense is at its best when they're force-feeding TJ Hawkinson and they're force-feeding DeAndre Swift. They don't have anyone else. They literally do not have anyone else. Khalif Raymond ain't getting the job done. The other guy whose name escapes me ain't getting the job done. And Amon Ross St. Brown is okay, but like he's not he's not, you know, he's nothing to write home about right now as a rookie. You know what I mean? He's a guy that's a developmental. He had a good week though. He had a good week. Yeah, definitely. Ten fantasy points and half PPR, I believe. Um, but no, I I just think that their best assets are Hawk and their best assets or you know Swift. So it's like Anyway, they're going to target TJ Hawkinson because they have to get him involved. He had 11 targets week one, nine targets week two. You take away the Baltimore game, you know, he's averaging essentially nine to 10 targets a game. And um, I think this is a really good, like, indicator that obviously tight end and target share is really, really like what you buy tight ends for. They might not produce every game with the target share, but you want a tight end who gets a ton of target share, and that's TJ Hawkinson. Um Plus, the, you know, if he if he ends up having weeks like he did week one and two, I mean, that's an unfair advantage at the tight end position for you. 25, 20 fantasy points. I mean, that's absurd in PPR leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I really like Hawk moving forward. I think he's worth the buy at this point. Um, and I don't know that it's going to cost you all that much because he's had a bad couple weeks and people were looking for a lot of really good things. So if you have a you know, depth at a position, you could definitely look to trade for TJ Hawkinson. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. Uh, the Hawk is a good player. He's probably the number one target on the lines. If we're being honest, I think Swift, like you said, is mm-hmm. up there. But if I had to say Hawkinson is the number one target for that team. And uh, we saw what he did in the first two weeks. I think he's going to keep doing that overall throughout the season. Yeah. Um, week three just felt like a random bad week. Um, because this past week against the Bears, he still had eight targets. Mm-hmm. So he's gonna. It feels like he's gonna get at least like seven, eight, nine, ten targets a week. Yeah. Um, and for a tight end, that's all you can ask for. The tight end position being so bad this year, uh, Hawkinson's one of the only consistent ones. So yeah, if you can trade for him right now, uh, before he has some easy matchups, go ahead and do it. Agreed. There you go. Damian Harris, C.D. Lamb, Michael Thomas, Stephen Diggs, T.J. Hawkinson. I don't know how I counted five in a weird way on my hand, but that's five trade targets for week five. Uh, Be sure to check those guys out. Get them on your team. Enjoy football this weekend. Good luck, guys. See you guys. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Champions Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and follow us on Twitter at TheFFChamps.